Bradford. Red Care 80, keep right on that 60, 509. 60. Six right into left over fast, okay, 100. Six left, okay, over 80. Six left minus, keep in, okay. Into six right, okay, 100. Left side is the long for left plus. 100. Right six left, line, okay, over crash. Hello, Killian here from Rally DNA. What you were just listening to was the voice of Jonas Anderson, at that time sitting alongside Chris Meek in an Impreza World Rally Car while competing on the Miles Gap stage of the 2007 Rally of the Lakes. We had a chat with Jonas a number of weeks ago as what was planned to be a multi-interview special on the 2007 running of the Rally of the Lakes. That episode ended up being cancelled in the wake of the unfortunate passing of Craig Breen. But it was a really interesting chat with Jonas. We do think uh, people should get a chance to listen to it. As uh, yeah, It was really fun, really interesting insight into, into that event from the Code Rivers perspective. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, Jonas, welcome along to Rally DNA. How are you doing this evening? Uh, very well, thank you. I'm just preparing for Rally Croatia, so nice to have a little break and have a chat with you. So and, and at the time this episode will have gone out, it will be the day after Rally Croatia. So either congratulations on, on uh, your result or or maybe hard luck. Hopefully the first one. And we can maybe like, be able to change that in time to whichever one's applicable. <laughs> Edit accordingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think this guy needs much introduction. Uh, Jonas Anderson has a glittering rallying CV over the last two decades in the sport. Twice Junior World Rally Champion sitting alongside uh, Pergunar Anderson in the Suzuki days with the, the, the Ignis and then the Swift, also paired up with the likes of Pontus Tiedemann, Mads Asberg, to name but a few. Currently, Jonas is co-driving for Gus Greensmith in a Talksport prepared Fabia Rally 2, which he'll be doing the Croatia rally in, uh, like he just said. Um, and yeah, so welcome, welcome along. And and today you'll be talking about your, your trip to Kalarni back in 2007. Yeah, that was a... Uh... Good, uh, good memories from uh, from that rally. So uh, happy to speak about that. So um, Jonas, uh, that two thousand and seven visit that was one of your first experiences of experiences of Irish tarmac. Uh, as someone from Sweden and obviously competing all around the world at the time, what sort of reputation do events here in Ireland have abroad? Uh, and was Kalani something uh, uh, people have a good awareness of in Europe? No, I mean, like, um, everybody knows about uh, the Irish Tarmac uh, Championship and so on, and it's a, it's a really tough competition, and everybody knows that, and uh, everybody knows the the roads in, in Ireland are uh, really tricky and so on, so for sure it's uh, it's well-known, the the, the, the the rallies over there. Did you find uh, you did Rally Ireland the previous year? Was was there are very different stages up in Sligo to Killarney, but had it given you a bit of a taste for what was to come, maybe? Yeah, definitely quite a lot different in in some stages for sure. And so, but uh, it's it you knew a bit for sure. It helped me a bit to have done the Rally Ireland the, the year before. So, but um, I think that I like it. that's the only two I've done. But uh, I really enjoyed the stages in in Rally Killarney. Um, I suppose what was uh, unusual uh, about your arrival in Kalani uh, back then uh, is that you were at the time mainly co-driving uh, for fellow Swede Per Gunnar Andersson uh, in the JWRC Suzuki Swift. 
uh, winning your first two events that year before coming to Ireland and, of course, going on to win the Junior World Rally Championship that year. Um, but how did you end up sitting alongside Chris Meek uh, for that particular event? How did it come about? Yeah, Chris, co-driver, was already set up to go with somebody else on Rally Killarney, I think, and uh, he was uh, thinking about who he would... Uh, bring instead and he said like somebody is crazy enough to go with the uh, pergunar you should probably be crazy enough to go go with with him he said so uh, he phoned me up and uh, after asked if i wanted to do it and um, i didn't think twice about it really and uh, also um, i think it was my second rally reading english pace notes so um, a really good experience and uh, a bit tricky at the beginning for sure but uh, we 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 got into it uh, quite quickly, so uh, yeah, it was a uh, new experience for sure. I was going to say, did it take you a few stages to sort of gel? I assume so. Yeah, okay. The The good thing is that like when I came over, you start to speak English all the time, like because there was no other Swedes or so, so, so around. So that helps to get the brain, get into the English more and more. And uh, but it, you, I would say after the recce that helped a lot uh, just to have a couple of days with recce and then um, but uh, of course when it's when it's really a lot to read like and it's not your um, first language it, it's it takes a bit of time you, you think a bit too much like uh, so it took me a couple of stages but uh, it was it was quite okay Good. And when you when you completed Recce, what were your feelings about the event ahead? Were yourself and Chris pretty happy with the stages and with the notes? And and do you have much memory of of, of doing Recce and what was the atmosphere around the town at the time? No, it was good. Uh, uh, at that point, you had the start and the stop time of the Recce only, and you could do as much as you wanted. So um, it was really busy. I remember, like uh, we did uh, the stages as much as we could, and I don't remember, but uh, I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, Moles gap uh, a few times uh, to get that one right, and uh, I, I I clearly remember that uh, when we finished the recce, I had a lot of work to do on the pace notes, and uh, and uh, and Chris told me that there was going to be like a parade uh, around the town on on the evening, and I said like, oh, I need to do some work on the pace notes to get them ready, like, and he said like, yeah, no no problem, he said like, I'll. Um, I'll borrow your uh, race suit and I'll uh, chunk it on one of the mechanics because we're just going to drive around town anyway. And I said, like, is, is that, and I was like, are you sure that's fine? And he's like, yeah, 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 no problem. So I said, okay, lad. so he went down and he did that. And uh, I was finishing off my pace notes and we met for dinner. And I said, like, was was everything uh, okay on this uh, parade? He said, like, yeah, 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 it was no problem. And said, like, the most funny thing happened. He said, like, they had built a small um, podium and they did an interview with me. And then uh, then the interviewer said, like, I'm just going to walk around and have a few words with your Swedish co-driver. <laughs> 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 and the mechanic, he just he didn't open the door. He, he just waved his arms and he refused to open the door. So the, so the speaker said that uh, either his co-driver is very, very shy or is really bad at English. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I'll always I think remember. it's fair to say we Rally missed Killarney. out. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we missed out on a on a, a particularly patchy Swedish accent there. I think <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a worse outcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think it's fair to say that uh, there was a lot of uh, talent signed up to contest that particular Kalani, uh, both local and from further afield. Were you fairly confident lining up with someone like Chris that you would be in contention for overall honours? Yeah, I think we, we had a very competitive car. We had an S11, uh, which was really good. And, um, and uh, of course, we had, like you said, like a few of the locals and also um, the likes like Mikkelsen and, and so on. But um, when you line up with Chris Meek, you, you know it's going to be flat out from the beginning. So we for sure we were... Uh, knew that we could be fighting for the for the victory well yeah flat out from the beginning is an interesting choice of words because it leads me to the next one that you know after the first run up miles gap for stage one chris reported at stage end that it was what he said was a tricky stage but you guys had in fact laid down a gauntlet and were fastest time straight out of the gate you know what what was the feeling coming off your your first run up miles gap uh, it was it's, it's it's for sure special and for me it's like uh, you know you're starting with the 30 second intervals and everything which was new for me and uh, and it's uh, it's a very demanding stage and uh, with some really flat out sections and and so on and uh, to, to 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 go there and to to get the pace notes um, Flowing and so on. That wasn't easy for sure, but uh, it's an amazing stage, and then to to crown that with the with the stage win there was really nice. All that all that uh, extra time spent going up there and Ricky the previous day paid off. Yeah, definitely. Um, of course, a bit of a topsy turvy rallying part because on the very next stage, uh, you dropped a second um uh but amazingly you went at the very ne- the very next stage after that you managed to only lose nine seconds despite having a puncture did chris have to slow down much at all it was an incredible pass i mean you have to, of course you have to slow down but it's i mean it's uh, it's it's just about uh, as long as you if you if you have the tires still on on the wheel you you can uh, at least go pretty fast on on the straights and so on and just have to be careful in the in the corners, especially the corners where you have the puncture and so on, but um, I don't really recall how how far we had to go on the puncture. I don't remember that really. I think ju- judging on the times, it can't have been that far. I mean, and, and I do have a quote from from Chris at the end of the stage where he said he just felt a touch on the front wheels. He was skimming past bushes, and he said he was amazed. He lost so little time because to I imagine. And I, and I I couldn't find exactly anything anything to indicate where it was picked up, but uh, I'd imagine it must have been quite close to the end for you guys yeah, to, to, to like maintain you, it. Yeah, exactly like you said. I don't remember um, how far in it could have been, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was game on from 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 that point for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and like we were watching a bit of in car footage previously, and it does just look like full commitment from start to finish, like you said flat out straight away um but what you would expect sitting into a world rally car with chris meek of course yeah you know um it was uh, something that i always remember it was uh with with those stages and then uh, like you said the, the commitment he had uh, over the stages there it was yeah that's uh, something special so once again you two were fastest through stage four um but through stage five 
you had to give Eugene Donnelly back to fastest time by just point one of a second. Uh, and at this stage, now Andreas is is uh, getting back into third place. Um, and the report at the time said there's virtually nothing in the times. Like, were you were you looking? Were you getting much info at the time and how close the chasing guys were? And did you kind of have a good indication of of who was going to be your closest rival quite early on? Yeah, I mean, you get the indications on the, on the who 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 is with you up there at the top for sure, and uh, and we, Donnelly and uh, and Andreas was uh, was flying as well. So, but uh, especially with Donnelly, we had to to make sure to take the fight because he was really on it that day. Yeah, and of course, the experience he has on those roads as well at the time would have been second to none. He would have been. One of the one of the outright favourites almost going in, um, and and four crews including you guys beat the bogey time on stage six, and so it really did look like there was an absolute battle for the ages taking place with the the kind of times that were being traded. When you were back in service, what was the kind of feeling with the team around? Was there a good buzz all around service, or or was Kenny McKinstry worried that his impressa might not come back in one piece with um with those kind of times being set? No, I think it was uh, as as I can remember, it was a uh, good crack in the in the in the service park, and uh, boys just uh, did the job on the car, and uh, and I think um, from from what I can remember, I don't think there was uh, <laughs> any worries like that. So I think they was everybody was just trying to figure out the best setup, and uh, and also. Uh, there was a big debate to be the tire choice. Entering the, the ninth and final stage of the day, you were a scant half second ahead of Eugene Donnelly, but managed to emerge 24.7 seconds ahead of him. Uh, Donnelly spun, but Meek commented that there was nothing left. Uh, so with nothing left after day one, when you took off your overalls, overalls that evening, what sort of impression had uh, had the first uh, loop in Kalani left on you? What was your head like going into that evening? No, I think for me especially it was um, I, uh, me. I was just thinking especially about the pace notes as I hasn't really didn't have much experience on the English pace notes and so on. So um, um, I think that was the the biggest uh, impressions for me. And then of course um, with with the stages and and. Uh, and the level of competition there, you 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 knew you had to be at the at the top of your level to 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 make it. Yeah, it must have been. It must have given you a great deal of confidence, though, Jonas. After you know, just so short a time in the car and with Chris delivering the pace notes in English, that you know you were able, you were setting fastest times. You know, leaders at a rally. Chris presumably was happy, so it must have it must have been quite encouraging um, for yourself to gain that experience. I imagine was it. Yeah, for sure, it was uh, it was a really good experience, and like you said, uh, it build the confidence, and uh, and also you always know, like when you do stuff like that, if you get a good night's sleep, um, the brain uh, works a lot during the night, and it's normally it's it's easier to do to to do the work if you get some sleep on it. So uh, I was confident that we could uh, keep it up for the next day. Can you recall any uh, any particular standout incidents from that opening day? I can't really remember anything uh, in particular that we haven't touched already, really. It's all but... a literal blur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a good sign if there's no big moments, I guess. Um, 
Of course, you went into day two, which but things were kind of threatening to go on their head. I mean, you discussed tire choice previously, but now we had rain arriving overnight and into the morning, um, returning to Miles Gap. Uh, and Chris had said the previous day that he'd never driven a World Rally car in the wet, which I, I don't know how confidence-inspiring that was for you, <laughs> given the view out the window the previous day. Um, Mark Higgins hadn't had made much impact on your position on day one, uh, especially when he picked up a few punctures. But he was fastest up the gap that morning. Um, you guys did manage to maintain and extend your lead over Eugene Donnelly. Um, it seemed like Chris was saying he wanted to keep the head down, not take too many risks. Were you making sure that he didn't take any risks? No, but you know, when you when you get that feeling and and you you get into the driving and you you feel that the driver is is in control really, and there's nothing as long as you don't feel that he's doing anything silly and you you have a lot of moments then it's then it's no point really to 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 mess with the rhythm so i, I didn't have to to slow him down or or something like that so i mm-hmm. he had a good he he was in a good mood and he did his thing really so um, that was that was easy an easy part for me happy days Donnelly supposedly woke up uh, that on the second morning uh, suffering from the flu, um, but it, it didn't seem to slow him down too much because on uh, stage 14, he managed to uh, to take a full 12 seconds out of your, your advantage. Do you remember anything that happened in that stage in particular? No, I'm not sure if it, if it was that we were on different tyres or not. Uh, it might have been that. I'm not sure if we were on... Uh... I, I don't remember if you we were on softer tires or if you we were even on intermediates maybe and he was on slicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might have been the case, I think. It's more than understandable. It was a fair while ago now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was now going to be a much closer fight to the finish. I mean, it, it was a pretty comfortable lead going in to the second day um, when Andreas, not far behind Eugene in his focus, admittedly, going out to the last loop... I think, as you say, I think you probably answered this already. The feeling in the car was good. You, you think you you guys pretty much knew that if you kept it on the road, you were going to stand in the top step, I'd say. I think that when we when we did the last loop, I think we went out on the intermediates and and uh, Eugene went out on, on slicks. And then before the second last stage or the last stage, there was a big delay and we were waiting and you could just see the road drying up more and more and more and we were really eager to to get going but there was some delay and we were uh, then we started to get some tension in the car because we knew that we were not on the on the best uh, tire choice and so on um, at at least from what we could see where we were sitting at the start so um there and then it was starting to build up some tension for sure yeah, things sitting there with big delays, tire temperatures going out, going down and everything and already feeling like that. Yeah, it must have been uh, yeah, tense, as you say, for sure. But in the end, you, you managed to keep the position and became worthy winners. I mean, looking like the guys to beat all weekend. What did you most take away from that weekend? And and have you a particular favorite memory of, of the rally or, or, or anything like that? No, I think... Um... 
Moles Gap for sure, uh, a very special stage and a really, really nice stage. So I'll always, always remember that. And also that that last stage, like um, uh, the commitment Chris had on that uh, last stage there to keep um, Eugene behind. It was, um, I remember like crossing the finish line, I think he said like, if if they've beaten us here, they've, um, they can have it or something because he gave it everything he could. So. Uh, so I think that's the, the the memories that really sticks out. And Did then of course up? a few, and then of course a few a few Guinness uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> yeah, it's good down there. I I uh, I we we went up Miles Gap last year on the Sunday, and I had had a couple of Guinness the night before, which is a mistake I'll never make again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my very next question. Actually, did did you go out in Kalani that evening? And if so, do you have any any anecdotes and stories? <laughs> yeah, we we did we did go out for dinner and and a few drinks uh, with a lot of the other uh, with other crews and so on there. And it was um, I don't think there was any big scandals for sure, but we, we had a, <laughs> had a few pints for sure, and I, re I really enjoyed the evening. So. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Very good. Very good. Well, it's something, I mean, I think it is important to note uh, you know, that one of the reasons that, that I think people come back to Killarney so much is that it is such a welcoming town and there's a really good kind of party atmosphere there, be it when the Rally of the Lakes is on and then when the Historic is on. So, I mean, it's it's certainly something a lot of people continue to talk about. Um, but I suppose on that note, will, will you ever go back? Is it some, somewhere you'd like to go back to? Yeah, for sure. I really enjoyed it. And like you said, like the atmosphere in the town and uh, and with the people and everything was was really nice. So I would uh, definitely go back again. And uh, uh, but okay, I already I have a one hundred percent win streak there now, and I'm uh, always uh, giving Paul Nagel a hard time about this. But uh, <laughs> he actually won it then uh, a, a few years ago. So. So because he he hadn't won it when I won it and I won it on my first try, so I gave him I gave him a hard time about that for, for a few <laughs> years for sure. <laughs> At least Send... he got some good mileage out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jonas. Um, the very best of luck for uh, for Croatia next week. Um, and and for the rest of the season, and uh, and who knows, maybe we'll see you back in Clarny at some stage in the future. Thank you very much, and um, I'll be happy to be back in Killarney at some point. No problem. Well, the, the club will probably hold you to that now, so <laughs> just in case you get any messages from them. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jonas. Thank you. So that was Jonas Anderson on his experience of the wonderful Rally of the Lakes in 2007. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode of Rally DNA, and uh, there'll be some more of the usual content coming up again soon in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening.